It's the Whatever Survey Podcast with your host, Adam Robinson. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Whatever Survey Podcast, episode number five. Can you believe that? Episode five. Um, I heard once from another podcaster that you have to have a few podcasts under your belt before you can really call yourself a podcaster. And uh, I don't I don't know how many a few is, and I don't think I'm a podcaster yet, but this is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying doing this, and I uh, hope you're enjoying it too. So, you know what? This is going to be a pretty packed show. Um, there's really only two topics today. One of them is uh, a poll that I put on my, my Facebook account, uh, which I'll get to in a second, and also um, sort of an overview and my thoughts with a friend of mine, Brandon Riesco. We're going to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, you know, I'll get into all that uh, later. But uh, I guess first and foremost, I want to plug some stuff uh, for the Whatever Survey podcast. We actually have a Twitter, which I've plugged before, and it is at Whatever Survey. Uh, but the other cool thing this week, I launched an Instagram account, which is uh, the same handle on Instagram. It's at Whatever Survey. And uh, I would appreciate if you follow either or both, preferably both, but you know, do what your heart tells you to do. You know, the heart doesn't lie, so they say. Also, you know, thank you so much for listening to the show. I am looking right now, and I have 146 total plays all time over my four episodes that uh, I currently have available for listening. That, that, that means a lot to me. I know that 146 does not sound like a lot, but for somebody who literally just sort of sprang this crazy idea of a podcast up out of nowhere and to have 146 plays is uh it's pretty big for me i think it's a really cool achievement once i hit 100 i felt like all right well that's an a and anything after that is a and you know an a plus so keep giving me the pluses keep listening to the show subscribe uh it's on quite a few podcast servers or hosts or whatever and and you can find it by just looking up at whatever survey. Feel free to give me a review on iTunes or anywhere else you can review me. If you actually go to anchor.fm slash whatever survey, you can listen to the shows there as well. And you can leave me voicemails, which is kind of neat. And that's also where, you know, I, I, I'm able to call people and bring them into the show. So that's a lot of fun. Um, so eventually, probably very soon... I'll create a Facebook page for the show as well, um, so I can do polls on there and be a little more interactive with people, because um, that's kind of my first topic I want to get into today, is my my poll that I put up. It wasn't actually so much of a poll, but more of a just a question. Um, and the question was, uh, name a band that you used to hate, but now you really, really like. And uh, for me personally, uh, there's probably quite a few that I can think of, but the number one example that always comes to mind for me are the Beach Boys. And so when I was a kid, I hated the Beach Boys. I thought that the falsetto voice and and that type of singing was just outdated. And obviously I was a kid in the late 80s and early 90s and Beach Boys were around in the 60s. So I guess it was a little outdated, but I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get the, the melodies and I didn't get the just the quality of songwriting that Brian Wilson and, and the guys put together. So it took until I got older and, and heard their influence in other bands that I like, uh, such as Weezer, um, that I really got the Beach Boys and really started to appreciate who they were. So I thought about that this week and figured it would be a pretty cool uh, thought to get out there and see, you know, what does everybody else think? So I got some responses, and some of them are really cool. I'm probably just going to go through most of them, even though there are 60-something comments, there are a lot of those uh, extra conversation. So, um, first and foremost, uh, Lee Alexander, good friend Lee, uh, good friend of the podcast, he said Leonard Skinnerd, And uh, he and I chatted outside of this Facebook post, and he mentioned that the reason that he um, didn't like Leonard Skinnerd in the first place was because they were a band that his parents liked a lot. And as most of us do, he rebelled and didn't want to get into uh, you know a band that his parents liked. But as time went on, and he you know sort of grew up as we all do. If you're a teenager right now and you think, 
whatever, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get out of that, uh, eventually. <laughs> and you'll start to understand that, you know, your parents understand and know a little bit more than you give them credit for. But to digress, Leonard Skinner, uh, Lee said he, he really started to appreciate them and, and their music later on in life. And, uh, yeah, he just matured. Um, he said he was really into punk and metal at the time and thought, you know, with that elitist attitude that so many of us have or had, and which I, I know I had and still have to a certain point today, um, that Skinner weren't, weren't worth his time. But he eventually got to where he uh, appreciated them. So that, that was cool. Thanks, Lee, for the contribution there. Um, second one is my brother, who was actually on episode two where we... Uh, where we talked about the greatest Royal Rumble, WWE pay-per-view. And his choice was Justin Timberlake, which is pretty interesting. I just talked about Justin a couple episodes ago. Um, we went and saw him in, in concert. So he says Justin Timberlake, and, and I agree with that one too. So I mentioned that it was to him that, that it was a second album of Justin's that really got me into him. And he said he pretty much liked all his solo stuff, but hated NSYNC, and then from there on, uh, he and my wife got into a, an argument about <laughs> about any boys who liked NSYNC back in the 90s, and I think we pretty much decided it was basically Clay Aiken that liked NSYNC in the 90s. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, next up, uh, Don, friend Donnie G, he says that uh, Tool was one for him. He said it took seeing Tool live to turn him from whatever into an actual fan. And uh, and I can identify with that uh, to to an extent. I I liked Tool back in the day, and uh, but I only knew the singles, and I only really cared about the singles. Anything outside of the singles, I just sort of glossed over. So, uh, I mean, I did get to see Tool live. I think in January of 2016. I want to say January of 2016 my, with my brother. Came up and we went and saw them, and Primus opened. It was a crazy show. It was really cool. Uh, Maynard James Keenan, the uh, lead singer of Tool, basically stood in the back with a like a SWAT suit on, like he was on a SWAT team. And yeah, he was not in the spotlight. He didn't really come out. You could just see him in the back, kind of you know dancing in place and say, singing. They they sounded fantastic, but um, they were really really good. Highly recommend going to see Tool if you haven't yet. Uh, so thanks, Don. Appreciate you. Uh, let me know, uh, what, what, what you're into now that you weren't back then. So the next one, Adam Hamilton, Adam, uh, says that he was, um, uh, his choice is Bruno Mars. I totally get that one because I remember hearing Grenade, that song Grenade. And I, I thought that was the dumbest song. I'd catch a grenade for you. And it just, you know, whatever, you know, it just did not do anything for me, but I wasn't really his target audience, but you know, later songs that I heard by Bruno just really, um, stuck out to me because he's, he's a very good songwriter and he's a good, amazing singer. And then to see him on TV, you know, performing live was, was a different thing. And, and I just really, uh, I got into it and, uh, yeah, Bruno Mars is a great choice. Uh, my wife commented next and she says the white stripes and I asked her, I commented on hers and asked her, so what made you change your mind? And she never wrote me back. <laughs> but she did tell me in private that the reason she started liking White Stripes is because of me. So surprise, surprise. Um, so, you know, she shared with me in the past that she always just sort of assumed that all the White Stripes songs sounded exactly the same. And, you know, it was just monotonous and loud. And uh, eventually she heard some more from me and and said that she um she just really you know started appreciating them a bit and and we went and saw Jack White in concert as well and she really enjoyed that Jack White also puts on a really good a really good show uh he came to Shreveport Louisiana when we lived there which is great and he lives here in Nashville and so do we but we have yet to see him in town <laughs> so it's kind of weird but yeah white stripes so thanks Katie Next up is James Gilcrease. Uh, James was famously on the show last week. Uh, James is the owner of Dale Blues Records, and he actually talked about his choice a little bit last week, Taylor Swift. Um, he said, you know, 
he really uh, got into, uh, I think it was Red, was it Red? Or 1989? There's a couple albums there. I can't remember which, I think it was 1989. That's the one that Ryan Adams covered as well. But he, uh, he, he chose Taylor Swift, so that's no big surprise, but still pretty cool. Um, Sarah Cortez. Sarah is my sister-in-law. I've been Toronto or Markham, I guess, uh, more specifically. And, uh, and hers was one that could really sort of, I, I sort of identify with, except he's kind of the opposite. And that's someone I've talked about on episode three, uh, Kanye West. And she said that, uh, his first album, College Dropout, she thought was amazing and liked some of his subsequent albums as well. And, and I do too. I love Kanye's stuff. Um, the first maybe four or five albums, pretty much Yeezy was starting my breaking point with him, but uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy was a great album. And I loved 808s and Heartbreaks, even though people, you know, didn't love that one so much. Uh, Kanye's a, he's a very talented guy even if he does do the poopity scoop these days. So thanks, Sarah. I appreciate the the feedback. Um, My cousin Taylor commented next, The Killers was his choice, which struck me as as interesting because for me, that was another one that was sort of the opposite for me. I loved The Killers' first, you know, couple albums, maybe first two or three albums. I thought they were just, you know, wonderful. They're fantastic. And then something just changed. Maybe it was... Human, that song Human, and uh, and I just I kind of fell out of it, and I didn't really appreciate the Killers anymore. But um, uh, here recently, when the Man came out, oh my gosh, I loved that song. And that's a polarizing song too. My wife's not a huge fan of it, but she really likes Run for Cover, which I get it. it sounds more like classic Killers, but um, thank you Taylor for for that feedback. Killers is a great choice, and Amanda McCallan, you twerked to it so i'm putting that out there in podcast land amanda mccowan twerked to on top by the killers in myrtle beach she said so on my facebook (laughs) all right um next up faye walter faye says coldplay and and i really appreciate faye commenting here because I, i always liked her um musical choices yeah, even though she's not a big Foo Fighters fan, I forgive her. Uh, but she said Coldplay was hers, and it was the Milo Ziloto album that kind of uh, brought her over to the Coldplay side. And so I, I really liked Milo Ziloto, too. That's a great album. Um, at the time it came out, I had a radio show in, in Louisiana that I played that uh, album on quite a bit. A lot of songs on that album were just really fun, really cool songs, really kind of intricate stuff. That was sort of Coldplay's turning point from being more um, I don't know what the word is because they were always kind of poppy. And right now they're very poppy, but uh, this was sort of a an in between period for them. So it's a great album and a great choice, Faye. Um, let's see, Kara Stevens. Kara uh, always has some great points too. And uh, first she said that she had a hard time coming up with a, a, a an example, but. Um, she says that, you know, later on in life, she decided that she enjoyed, uh, jazz and, uh, and people like Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong, um, and, uh, as well as Broadway, Broadway music. So that's pretty cool. Um, I, I am, I've always appreciated, and not always, but as an adult, appreciated jazz and, and blues and that influence of so many uh, other types of music and where they come from, which is is those uh, those forms such as jazz and blues. So I get that. No, I'm not as well versed in a lot of jazz, and I could probably do better at that. But uh, I guess I don't always just seek it out. But I do I do appreciate it. So I might have to reach out to Kara and get some get some uh, recommendations. Thanks a lot, Kara. Um, next up, Karen Butler. Karen uh, mentioned Fleetwood Mac, and I can also identify with that one. That's kind of a common theme. I really identify with a lot of these because I just, um, I don't know. I like Fleetwood Mac. I I didn't really get into them, though. I mean, I always appreciated their music and, and knew certain songs, but I never really got into them until... You know, uh, I met my wife. She's really a, a Fleetwood Mac fan, and we 
you know, we listen to them whenever they come on the radio, and uh, and they're, I mean, they're just so tight, and they're such a tight band, and and such, you know, diversity in the band members, and and they're such, you know, infighting and and dating and breakups and all this crazy stuff. And then Lindsey Buckingham was just kicked out this past year, <laughs> and you know, it's like, how old are these people now? And they're not past this yet. So, Fleetwood Mac was a great choice. Thank you, Karen. The next one is from Alyssa Yoder. Alyssa mentioned Spice Girls, and she also said she always liked them, and the, and she still does, but she just wanted to hear me talk about them. So I'll tell a very brief Spice Girls story, and that is uh, when I was in uh, in high school and early college, I was in a band in, um, with my friends John and Matthew DeHart and my brother and our friend Joe Carter, and uh, our band was called Falcon Mouse Reunion. And Matthew, at some point, had picked up a VHS tape of Spice World, the Spice Girls movie. And I remember he told us, you know, it's really funny, actually. It's pretty pretty funny and, and very, uh, you know, it's entertaining, at least. It's not a good movie by any means, but it's it's entertaining. And I remember we all sat and watched Spice World one day after band practice and thought it was actually really funny so you know and, and I mean they wrote some really good or I don't know if they wrote them but they had some very good songs and uh and yeah I I I have a soft spot for Spice Girls I won't turn them off uh, if they come on the radio so you know zig ziga my dad says when he was a kid he hated the Grateful Dead and now he really enjoys their stuff and uh my friend Lane Turner also chimed in and said the same. Uh, you know, he's he's been uh, he's been on a Grateful Dead kick. So I know my my coworker Charlton Meyer loves the Grateful Dead. They're a band I need to give another shot. I've never really gotten into them. I know maybe two or three songs total, but uh, yeah, maybe one day I'll be a Deadhead. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I I know I've seen a lot of their albums out and about. Some of them aren't. Super expensive, but uh, I need to pick them up at some point. So we just got a few more here. Justin Green. Justin says, um, Soundgarden or Pearl Jam. So he was uh, he was in the metal back in the day. And he really, um, he said he just sort of despised grunge because it killed metal. I get that. It's, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a bummer. <laughs> but uh, he also shared with me offline he said I could share it on this on this show, <laughs> but he said that his wife, his wife uh, Michelle, before she was his wife, um, had a big poster of Chris Cornell shirtless on her wall, and it made him very jealous. So that <laughs> that kept him from wanting to uh, enjoy the Soundgarden band. So that's a really good story, Justin. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Holly Hatfield. Holly says anything country. She said I also swore I'd never live on a farm. Yeah, Holly, I'm with you. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, in small town Mississippi, and and everybody listened to country, and I wanted to rebel against it so bad. And she and I kind of reminisced about how we each, you know, go back and listen to this stuff now, and it's kind of nostalgic at this point. But if you told me that, you know, 10 years ago that I would be listening to Brooks and Dunn, <laughs> then I probably wouldn't, you know, uh, believe you. But it's true; it happens. Uh, Eric Merowitz, Carly Rae Jepsen. He says, "Carly Rae, come on, man." No, but he he mentioned that, and Lane Turner jumped in again, and Lane says he wasn't a fan either. And uh, then he got into the album Emotion. So I trust Lane's judgment. He's always liked good music. So I'll have to jump in and listen to some Carly Rae Jepsen, I, I assume. But I haven't heard much from her other than that one big song and maybe one or two other small ones. And then um, to wrap it up, Dave. Dave Stovall, uh, famous Dave. He says that he hated John Mayer when he first came out and then Continuum uh, came out. And so ever since then, he's been a fan for life. And I get that. Continuum was my turning point, too, for, for John Mayer. Now, uh, I, I always liked The Real World, that song, and a couple couple other, you know, smaller songs. But um, Continuum did turn the corner for me. Now, I have fallen out from John Mayer ever since. But, you know, I'll have to get back in and 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 
see what he's all about these days. I know he keeps pumping out albums, so got to be something to him. Uh, all right, thanks everybody for for commenting there and letting me know whatever you know what kind of music you used to hate, but now you like. You know, I'll probably do some more of these and we'll talk about them. So as I mentioned before, I have a special guest in the studio with me today, Brandon Riesco. Brandon? In studio, yes. I'm your first studio guest, right? You're my first studio guest. Yes, it's looking nice up in here. Yeah, some nice quilts over in the corner. Yes, let me paint you guys a picture here. We're sitting on the couch, looking at a blank TV. Yeah, just in the living room. Quite the studio. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty unique. Uh, so Brandon got me, uh, I guess, motivated to watch the all the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, just a real quick story. I had seen maybe six of them, I think. And Brandon was getting ready to see Infinity War. And uh, now the reason I had not seen very many of the, the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is because uh, my wife wanted to watch them with me originally. And then suddenly she just says, you know what? Don't really care. You can just watch them. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And so I had like 11 movies to catch up on. <laughs> um, which, you know, thank thankfully I was able to watch uh, our friend John let me borrow a, just a ton of movies. And then I was lucky enough to have a couple extra on Netflix to watch and then Redbox came through in the clutch how many did you end up watching i think it was 11 total um yeah pretty like a few days or a week i spaced it out probably about three weeks three weeks over about three weeks but that wasn't every night or anything there was i mean mother's day was in there at some point and you know traveling and stuff like that so yeah took a took a little bit of time but i literally watched the last um, the one right before Infinity War was Black Panther. And I literally watched that the day before we went and saw Infinity War, which was last night. So it was pretty fresh. Last night, yeah. It's pretty fresh in my mind. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, because you've seen... You saw... Did, well, I guess, first off, did you ask all... Or did you watch all of these movies as they came out? Like, chrono- chronologically? Um... I want to say that I did see them chronologically just because I don't know I'm I'm a pretty big movie guy like as far as Marvel is concerned I I didn't grow up reading comics or anything like that in fact I don't think I've ever even bought a single comic but I really like movies so you know Iron Man came out first and I didn't know anything about Iron Man so I went and saw it um, loved it and just kind of got hooked so with each movie I'm pretty sure I saw each movie in the theater when it came out wow okay I saw a couple I did see the first two Iron Man movies I know I saw in the theater um, I saw gosh I didn't see any of the Thors or Captain America movies until you know the last few weeks there were a few movies here in and out like Guardians of the Galaxy obviously I saw that in the theater hmm. uh, you and I went and saw Thor Ragnarok in the theater yep um so yeah I but I'd never watched any Avengers before you know or any of that stuff so it was pretty crazy to, to just cram it all in it kind of reminded me before I watched all of uh, Walking Dead like six seasons worth in a like a couple month binge I I did that with Lost. <laughs> yeah. Like I think me and my wife we watched Lost in like a month. And Lost is pretty exhausting. Yeah. So to watch I think there were seven or seasons. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, I never got into Lost, but maybe that'll be a topic for another episode if I ever decide to get into it. Maybe so. Uh but you watched Infinity War already once before we saw it last night. I did, yeah. So I guess at this point I'm going to say there will be spoilers ahead if you're a late bloomer like myself. <laughs> if you're waiting, um, then you probably just want to skip this whole just segment. Stop because the podcast. We're going to tell you all about Infinity War starting now. Okay, 
First spoiler, everybody dies. Everybody dies. Not quite everybody, but a lot of people die. Like three-fourths of the people die. I think my jaw was on the floor for a majority of this movie. So, you mentioned, I, I did go see it, I think, like the first weekend. Um, I'm not a I'm not an opening night guy. No. I In college, I used to go to opening nights all the time, but now... I don't know, there's just too many people. So, if I go see a movie that's opening weekend, I'll go see it maybe Sunday, Sunday afternoon, when it's not going to be as crowded. So I think I went and saw Infinity Wars that first Sunday, um, I believe. Okay. And, um... Matinee? Maybe. Was it Sunday? Maybe it was a Wednesday. I don't know. It was within the first week. Okay. Um, but, you know, so usually I know generally if I'm going to go see a movie twice, probably even before I've seen it. Um, this movie just seems so big um, that I'd probably end up going to see it again, usually with a friend or somebody. But I like to just kind of take the movie in the first time around like it is what it is i'm gonna just watch it for what it is not trying to analyze too much so it was really interesting whenever we went and saw it last night it allowed me to kind of sit back already know what the storyline was going to be and just kind of look for the finer details uh-huh. in the movie um which is what i like about um being able to go see it a second time. Um, so yeah, it was... It's very tragic. It's a tragic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, if you're a Marvel fan, you know, of this, you know, whole universe that Marvel has created with, you know, this movie series, I think there's going to be 24 movies total mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. I mean, you know something has to happen sure. to, like fix things but in that moment like when people are just dropping you can't help but just like feel part of yourself die a little (laughs) yeah okay case in point we were driving to the theater last night and i tell you that over this series i've really grown to like loki a lot i thought loki was just a really interesting character He's a little tragic, but he's also, he can be a little heroic sometimes. He can be devious at other times. I just think he's a really interesting character. And what happens five minutes into the movie, Thanos just snaps snaps his neck. (laughs) Just kills him. He's dead. But he has died before. He's died before, but like that? Not like that. Not like that. That was pretty definitive to me. It seemed pretty definitive. Because I think it was Thor, Dark World. He, He gets killed at the end. But in in like the next ten minutes, they reveal that he's still alive. Yes. Um, where, literally, first five minutes, Loki's dead. You don't hear about him, besides Thor reminiscing his brother. <laughs> you don't hear about Loki ever again. So. Yeah, and that, and I'm chuckling not because Loki's dead, because rest in peace, Loki. I'm yes, R.I.P. I'm, I'm chuckling because that was also the only only time we got to see Hulk in the movie that's true uh, other than little glimpses of him sort of showing up and saying no which i can understand he got the crap beat out of him by thanos poor guy i wonder what's going on with him he's got some ptsd i think maybe poor <laughs> poor hulk but um i guess we'll come back to infinity war okay let's let's go back in time let's see these movies have been let's out go back 2008 it's been 10 years of Marvel movies, and to me, it feels like it's only been a month, because because <laughs> you literally, literally watch every single Marvel movie in a month. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wanted to pose the question to you, and I'll give mine as well. But I want to know your top three movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm sure we'll have some overlap at least on one. But you're gonna say one. I'm I think thinking, probably just one. I was thinking that maybe we'd have two, but 
Maybe maybe one. There's been 19 movies. Infinity Wars makes the 19th movie. Oh, man. Nine, I thought it was 17 for some reason. No, it's 19. Oh, wow. Okay. Because um, I think what's left is Captain Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the next Infinity Wars, another Spider-Man, and then another um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, that's um, that's nuts. So, it's going to be crazy. Okay, so top th- top three favorite uh, movies in the universe. Brandon, go ahead. Give, so, give me just give me one of yours. Yeah, I don't know if I. It's really hard to like rate them, but I think if I were going to put one of them in the top three, I don't know if it would be the top, like number one, but I really loved. Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I did too. Um, and it it kind of caught me completely by surprise because I remember when the trailers were coming out for it, and to be honest, I was I was kind of turned off because mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy had just come out, and like Guardians of the Galaxy is like this retro, you know, it's going old school with you know all of these older song kits and things like that mm-hmm. you have quill who's kind of a blast from the past he's a nostalgic character yeah so i don't know and then these previews for thor came around with like i don't know all this neon and um kind of i don't know just poppy music and i just i thought that i wasn't going to like it mm-hmm. but you know, I'm a I'm a dedicated fan to the movies, so you know, we went and I thought that at least definitely out of all the Thor movies, um, it was the best. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't know, there were just lots of parts about it. Um the I like a good villain. Um, you know, I'll I'll talk about Thanos later. But I just really thought that Hela, the villain in this mm-hmm. movie, um, was just an incredibly strong villain. Um, she came on screen. If you haven't seen the movie, she's played by Kate Blanchett. And personally, I'm a big Kate Blanchett oh, fan. me too. Just in general. She's great in everything she does, yeah. But, man, she was kind of terrifying, Yes. Um, just because, I don't know, she just cut straight to the point and killed you, basically. <laughs> she didn't play around. Yeah, she um, didn't tell you what she was going to do. She just did it. But then there was like this also, this really comedic side to this Thor movie that I think piggybacked off of um, the Guardians of the Galaxy m- movie. Um, because I feel like that was the f- the other... Marvel movies do have comedic elements to it, but I I felt like Guardians of the Galaxy was the first movie that really introduced like a a strong comedic element to um, one of these films, and I think that Thor piggybacked off of it um, a little bit better, I thought, than um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So, but so I was talking to my wife. The other day because she was she was asking me about um natalie portman's character yeah jane foster yeah so she she was asking me if jane foster was in infinity wars yeah and i was like no she's gone like <laughs> yeah they they're got, not even talking about her they got rid of her she wasn't even in um ragnarok ragnarok and i gotta be honest i'm so glad that she is gone because <laughs> I don't know, like Thor, Thor doesn't need this girl, like slowing him down. Um, yeah, he does not need a love interest. Not every movie exactly. needs a love interest. The only reason why my wife will watch any one of these movies is if there's like some love story somehow entangled up in everything and i gotta say dark world the second thor 
I mean, they might as well have called it Jane's Dark World. <laughs> because the movie was basically about her. It was. And it suffered because... And I like Natalie Portman. But yeah, it suffered because of that. I mean... But that's the same gripe that I have with a lot of movies. Specifically, the biggest one that comes to mind for me um, is like... Oh, there's a lot of reasons why I don't like this movie. But Transformers, the first one. Ooh. Ooh, that's a whole other tangent. But... You had to put little whiny Shia LaBeouf in there, <laughs> and you had to put Megan Fox in there. Like, Megan no, no. Fox, that's All I want to see are robots kicking the crap out of each other for yeah. two hours. That's literally all I want to see. And just like Thor Ragnarok, all I want to see is Thor being Thor and overcoming some big obstacles, which he did. And that movie was perfect because of that. I yeah. agree. I, I just thought it was a great movie. Great story. Um, you learn more about Thor's history. Um, and I loved the, the side element to that whole story too, where he's off on this different planet where he kind of teams up with, um, the Hulk and Loki, um, to like try and get out of this weird, I don't know, gladiator (laughs) type realm of a situation. Yes. Um, and I loved Loki in that movie because, again, it was good. He's a slimy little scuzzball, he, but he he bounces off. He, good guy, bad guy, bad guy, good guy. I love it. I love Loki. He's still, even though he's you know dearly departed, I still love Loki. <laughs> Rest in peace, Loki. That yeah. movie was a runner-up for my top three. Okay, I loved that. That's definitely the best Thor movie. Agreed. Period. Definitely the best third. Uh, so uh, let me ask: Are you going three, two, one? Is that how you're doing this, I, I or are they in any sort of order? I couldn't put them in like a specific order. Um, okay. So I don't know if that would be number one, because I I feel like if you were to probably ask me in a week, I may have three different movies. Yeah, I I was pretty because there's like a top like strong five or six. I feel like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where yeah. it's just obvious. Yes. These are the better movies. Correct. Um, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh, I said I had two runner up movies. Thor Ragnarok was a, one of my runner ups, and the other runner up was Black Panther. And really? I, yeah, okay. I know some people are gonna be like Black Panther. That's the best movie ever made. And it's I the best movie ever. And hey, guess what? I get it. I agree. I love Black Panther, but it is still very fresh for me. I literally watched it what two days ago, <laughs> two or three days ago. Uh, so it's super fresh, but I mean that that movie, and I'll give it some just due. It had incredible action scenes. It did had wonderful acting. Direction was perfect. The story was it's exactly what it needed to be. Black Panther. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. I'll probably end up buying that movie. I really did like it. Like you said, maybe in a week or two, that's on my top three. But I'll give one of my top three now, and. Yeah, I don't know how to classify these, but Iron Man 3 is in my top three Marvel movies. Three for three, okay. And I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, Thor Ragnarok was the third one of that series too. The reason I pick Iron Man 3, it's kind of a weird reason, uh, but I would love to see that storyline in a Batman movie. I would love to see it that way. I mean, that's not why I love this movie, but, but that's a big... A big thing I thought of after I watched it. Um, I love that Iron Man was stripped down to nothing. And he had to rely on his wits. Unlike he's had to do in a whole lot of other... I feel like some of the other movies have kind of suffered. Because Iron Man really wasn't at that much of a disadvantage a lot of times. Hmm. He's always the smartest guy in the room. And he's always able to you know sneak his way out of stuff. Iron Man 3 put him at a deep disadvantage. He had... I, I joked about PTSD earlier, but he had PTSD from what was it the Avengers movie before? Yeah, uh, Age Avengers. of Ultron, I think, or or uh, maybe not Age of Ultron at that point. It was just the first Avengers. Um, yeah, he had to deal with that. He had to deal with all that. It it, it had a great story. It wasn't full bore action the whole time, but in this movie, it worked. The story was really really well done. Um, you and I talked about what was his name ben kingsley's character oh yeah uh sorry the m i'm blanking the on mandarin his... the mandarin 
Like, that was an interesting twist, because I, I watched it, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's pretty brutal, devastating. Well, I remember the trailers. I, I watched so many trailers, y'all. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but when the previews were initially coming out for that movie... Um, I remember thinking that, man, Ben Kingsley is going to, like, tear it up. Yeah. Like, he's going to be an awesome villain. If you guys haven't caught on, I love villains. Um, but, yeah, he ended up just being, like, this weird British guy who was, <laughs> like, an, an actor. actor. An actor in, like, the worst... I mean, I would not want that. It reminded me... I don't know if you've watched Black Mirror, but it reminded me of, like, a Black Mirror episode. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whole portion did not as tragic as black mirror but it was you know still black mirror ish um but yeah iron man 3 man i i loved the first iron man i won't i won't uh, disparage that movie iron man 2 was a little shaky for me those two i had seen in the theater and i literally had zero interest this may be why i'm putting it on my list because i had zero interest in watching iron man 3 when it was the next one on my list when i'm mm-hmm. going through all these at that point i've got a handy dandy list here at that point i had already watched thor which i liked i watched captain america the first one because i'd never seen it i watched marvel's the avengers <laughs> marvel's the avengers i watched avengers i watched those three in a row and i'm like that's a lot of movie like that's a lot of of like story to take in but you know i watched it and i was like man iron man 3 can i just skip it and go on to the next movie but it surprised me i was not excited about it because i remember distinctly kind of being let down by iron man 2 Hmm. iron man 3 though boom loved that movie it's a pretty solid movie yeah yeah if any of you disagree i'd love to hear about it um i'll use this to shamelessly plug my twitter at whatever survey or instagram which is also at whatever survey and i may as well just do a facebook page at some point too <laughs> <laughs> gotta have you gotta have the triforce gotta social <laughs> media the triforce which by the way my mic stand in for this episode is um a nintendo switch case <laughs> uh that no, has the legend of zelda what's that we need to uh take a selfie for your instagram oh of yeah us, of us recording okay all right we're gonna take a selfie real quick this is us recording. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, okay, so, so we have we have Thor Ragnarok yes. and Iron Man 3 so far in the Correct. top list. All right, so you go. So I would put... Um, I think maybe today this might be my top favorite. Okay. Um, but I would put Spider-Man Homecoming um, <laughs> on my list. Okay. Only because, man, I've been a Spider-Man fan since I was a kid. Again, like I said before, I wasn't into comics or anything like that. I watched cartoons, and I just remember watching this particular cartoon so much. Mm. It was always X-Men and Spider-Man that I watched. And, I don't know, that cartoon just got me so into Spider-Man. And I think what I loved most about this movie is that finally, finally they got Peter Parker right. Sure did. Um, I mean, I was thinking back at, I mean, what? We had Tobey Maguire Uh in the first, you know, trilogy. Who was like 30 years old. Yeah, he was just so old. (laughs) Yeah. And like, just a weird personality. Right. I didn't. I just didn't think that his Which Peter was always a because uh, I did read the comics and Spider Man and X Men were my favorite comics growing up and Batman on the DC side. But for Marvel, it was always Spider Man and X Men. And P- I loved Peter Parker because I identified with him. He was just a normal geeky kid at school. He yeah. had big glasses and he was weird. Yeah. But he wasn't as weird as Tobey Maguire. Toby Maguire was just like a a new level of weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, no it, no offense, Toby, since you're probably <laughs> listening right now. I saw a picture of him the other day, and he still looks weird. Yeah. Um. And then you had Andrew Garfield, who yeah. was like this, I don't know, just emo. I'm upset with the world, but I'm also super good looking and yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not fit at all. Um. In fact. I those two movies that he produced as Spider Man, just 
I didn't think they were that great. Um, but man, Tom Holland freaking nailed yes. Peter Parker. I mean, when they introduced him in uh what was it, Civil War? They yeah. introduced him. Civil War. Um which I watched a few days ago, yes. <laughs> yes, I know because I literally watched it 36 <laughs> hours ago. Um but I don't know, he, he's just the perfect Peter Parker. Like he's he just has this innocence about him. Um mm-hmm. super smart and intelligent and geeky um but another thing that i really liked about this story is that a they excluded the whole origin thank you let's we we get it we've seen it spider-man five times now we have seen it like he gets bit by a spider (laughs) we get it so i'm i'm so glad that they just skipped that and got into like some real substance me too um but i also get or i also appreciate that they didn't go with the traditional like um, here's Mary Jane, you know, here's, uh, Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy and like the traditional, the traditional characters in Peter's circle, if you will. Yeah. They gave him a little Um, sidekick who was hilarious. Dude, his sidekick was freaking hilarious. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the vultures actor's name oh michael keaton keaton yeah freaking batman so i gotta tell you this spider now i think we do have two out of the three as the same because this is one of my top three yes i loved this movie and you're about to say vulture and i just want to segue i'll let you finish your point but i growing up he was my favorite spider-man villain really which is very strange because he's he was so in the comics if you ever, if you remember the comics, the vulture in the comics looked so lame. He wore like a green suit, <laughs> and he had wings. He was pretty lame. Yeah, and he was bald headed. He had his big pointy nose. No offense to any bald headed, pointy nosed, green suit wearing people who may be listening right now, but Vulture was totally just lame. But I loved just the character. He was so evil. That's what I liked about him. I, I'm also a sucker for villains. Darth Vader, obviously. It's just like one of my favorites. Joker's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vulture. The fact that they put him in the first movie in this universe blew me away. And that car scene with Vulture and Peter where they figure out who each other is. Do you remember oh, that man. scene? It's so tense. Oh, I, I had go- my spider senses were tingling in the theater. Like your spider senses. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Yeah, there's just so many different elements about that movie that um, I just really enjoyed. Um, I mean, you know, here you have Tony Stark that's like kind of testing out um, Peter Parker to see if he's if he's got the stuff to make it as an Avenger. Yeah. Um, and but also you have this element that, um, you know, he's just a kid like. He's literally in high school. Yeah. You know, 16, 17 maybe. Um, that was one of the most emotional parts to me of Infinity War. Was when Peter was dying. Or dying. Being disintegrated into so sand I, or whatever. I've read some theories that Peter Parker um, may have had like the worst experience dying because of his spider sense. Like, he would have sensed before anything even started happening that he was going to die. Ooh. Or Mantis. What about her? That's a good point. I bet she could feel it, too. Um, but, yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Solid. Uh, so, one other point that I'd, I'd like to make about Spider-Man Homecoming that I loved. It felt like a John Hughes movie. John Hughes. John Hughes. He did the Brat Pack movies in the 80s. So Breakfast Club. Okay. Ferris Bueller. In the 90s, he did like... He did Home Alone. Like, he did all these movies that... Like, Spider-Man Homecoming felt like Ferris Bueller. That's interesting. But it was superhero. I've never thought about that. Some of these other superhero movies in the Marvel Universe have felt like uh, throwbacks to other styles of movies. Like, buddy cop movies and stuff. Mm. Sort of like Thor Ragnarok, sort of in its weird, in a weird way, felt like a buddy cop movie 
when you had Thor and Loki teamed up and that was really cool. Um, man. Okay. Well, I feel like we're going to have the same third top movie. I don't think we are. No? No. I'm going to throw a curveball at you, but I'll let you share your Okay. So, so my, so my first, obviously, uh, Iron Man 3, then Spider-Man Homecoming, and then my last is, um, Winter Soldier. You and everybody else. I can't help it. That movie, that was probably the one that was hyped up the most to me. Everybody, everybody told me, other than Black Panther, Black Panther was super heavily hyped too, but it was also more recent. So you can kind of forgive like recent buzz, Hmm. but Winter Soldier, let's see, I have my handy dandy list of all the movies here. It was released in 2014. It's not that long ago, but that's four years. And for a movie that's four years old to still have such buzz, like... It's not just a good superhero movie. It's not just a good Marvel movie. It's a good movie, period. It's just a good action movie with a great story. And, I mean, people have been telling me that for four years now. And I finally watch it. I'm like smacking myself in the head because I should have watched this four years ago. This Mm. movie I'm going to watch forever. Like, what a good movie. I know, me and everybody else. But it really does stand up. Like, I kind of wanted it to fail. Whenever I was watching, because I'm like, I think people are just full of it sometimes. But no, they're right. I, I 100% agree. That was such a good movie. Um, and I'll have to say, it, w- it was on my list, but mm. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> um, so I decided to take it off. Yeah. It's definitely in the top five. And who knows, tomorrow it may be number one. Um, <laughs> because it was just an all-around good movie. Um, I mean, the plot was on point, um, you know, this idea that almost like his past was catching up to him to like haunt him again. Like this idea of Hydra reimmersing itself, um, to just to mess with him like 40, 50 years later, um, or more. So, you know, I... I really enjoyed that about it. Um, And you get to see all of, I don't know, Captain America's, I've I've got a poster of Captain America in my office. I mean, he's, he's pretty awesome. To me, he is the, uh, the one out of this group that I have become a fan of, like an actual fan of Captain America. Growing up, I cared nothing for Captain America. When these movies came out, I was like, not like Chris Evans, but I don't care anything about Captain America. Hmm. And watching all these movies now, I'm like, he's probably my favorite like hero. Yeah. Out of these movies. He is so such a pure hero and he's he's awesome. I love Captain America. <laughs> I I forget which movie um it is. It's one of the later ones, like maybe Age of Ultron. But he says like I think Tony Stark curses or something and he's language like, language <laughs> yeah and tony's like did he really just say language <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah there i mean you get to a point in the, in these movies where they basically all become just an avengers movie uh-huh. um because everybody's so involved you you have black widow you have iron man and <laughs> Thor basically, you know, showing up in every single movie now. Um, but, you know, the storyline of him coming face to face with his best friend that he thought was dead and, you know, having to fight through that, um, which carries on into Civil War. Civil War was a pretty strong movie, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I I would agree that Winter Soldier was a a dead ringer as far as just like a good solid movie. Not even if you just take it out of um you know this Marvel cinematic world. Um it can definitely you don't need, I don't even think you even need to see the the movies before, you know the movies that um came before it to to enjoy it 
Yeah. Um, I think you could watch it standalone. I think you can too. And it helps if you saw it. the first Captain sure. America, but sure. you really don't have to. Um, All right. Let's hear your third. So I just had to throw it in there because um, it kind of started it. It started it all, but I thought Iron Man 1 was just a, a good solid movie for the same re- mm-hmm. reasons that you enjoyed Iron Man 3. I enjoyed Iron Man 1. You know, they introduced this character um, who has kind of um, been the the leader um, throughout this whole, uh, I guess, adventure, if you will, um, you know, of 19 movies. Like, he's been in and out of basically all of them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here's this character that... Um, is basically just full of himself and you know gets blown up by a bomb has to basically utilize the skill set that he um has you know grown up to you know learn and whatnot and basically turns himself into this hero yeah um which then, like, he starts realizing that, you know, his weapons that he creates are being used in bad situations. Not that he he should have known that that was going on, but I don't know. I just thought that Iron Man, granted, it, it probably gets played on FX every other day. <laughs> um, so it definitely gets the circulation, but yeah, um, I, I just thought it was a good movie. Um, yeah. And it probably gets overlooked just because it's been so long and it was the first so i just thought i'd throw iron man into the mix yeah no that's a hearing you describe it because it's been a long time since i've watched the first iron man and there are a lot of similarities between that and the third iron man movie that's pretty interesting um maybe maybe i really should have chosen the first one Nah, i no three three (laughs) still has a really special place to me i just i don't know something about that movie hooked me it's really good all right so we got got through our top threes we talked a little bit a little bit about infinity war what do you think is going to happen in the infinity war sequel so first off i'm looking at the list as i mentioned before infinity war just happened we have ant-man and the wasp i ant-man was not in uh this movie the infinity war so I highly doubt there's going to be a whole lot of overlap there. Yeah, I don't see that movie being very connected. I feel like similar be to like, how the first Ant Man one yeah, was, unless like half the cast just starts disappearing halfway yeah. through the movie. Yeah, where is this movie going to take place in this timeline? Like, I don't know if it's before or concurrent or what. That's what I'm curious about. Um, and then you have Captain Marvel comes after that. That's like that's all the way in March 2019, and then in May 2019 we finally get the conclusion to the Avengers story. It's like a Harry Potter situation. Yeah, like they released yeah. the first Deathly half Hallows, I think. of Deathly Hallows one May, and then the next half the. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is going to be really interesting to see how. I mean, it seems like the only way that they can fix things is with the time stone because yes. somehow you're going ha- you're going to i i'm not familiar with cap or with captain marvel i don't know me like, either what really. her powers are um or anything like that maybe she has like some incredible powers where she can roll back time or whatever yeah um, maybe i think that she'll have a big part to play in the next Infinity War, especially since they're introducing her right before. Um, And Nick Fury, like, texts or sends a... I think he was using a beeper, but it was like a a pager. It's like a (laughs) high-tech pager. Because I used to have a pager. I never (laughs) had a pager. I had one because I worked in a hospital. I think hospitals actually still use pagers. This was like 2005... 2004 okay i did have a pager and it was not that high tech (laughs) like if you were really clever you could somehow send a brief text 
thing if you had the most up-to-date high-tech pager <laughs> and i'm sure nick fury's got access to some pretty cool stuff but... probably but come on a pager <laughs> yeah, yeah a pager um, come on dude so yeah he sends a a message to captain marvel at the end of um infinity wars before he gets killed um <laughs> yeah. so he's gone um so i think sh- she's gonna have to play some part i'm just i'm just not familiar with with her um you know the time stone i wouldn't think that anybody can use it um dr strange is gone so he can't use the time stone correct um so oh yeah that's right he's so he can't he can't roll back the time yeah um but like you said to me yesterday after the movie he did mention that he saw how many like 14 was it 14 million yeah like, uh different or 16 million i can't remember the number but a lot of different scenarios the way that this would play out and there was only one where the avengers won they beat thanos yeah and i wonder if that is captain marvel i guess we'll see i mean yeah maybe um you know he obviously gave up the time stone for a reason um, and he probably in that one scenario that he saw whenever he was, you know, looping through all of these different scenarios, yeah, you know, he probably knew that he was going to have to give up the time stone. He was going to have to die, you know, along with all of his kind of teammates. He had only just met them. Yeah, that's um, true. But I don't, it's going to be a really interesting movie. Like, you know, obviously there's another Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming out. There's another Spider-Man movie coming out. But and basically, they're all dead right now. <laughs> yeah. So, but the interesting thing is those are coming out after the next Avengers. After, exactly. So, so something, something's going to happen. Something has to happen. And Thanos can't win. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's won up until now. And he just killed everybody and then sat on his front porch and <laughs> smiled at the sunset yeah and a lot of people say i don't know if you've seen this but a lot of people have been saying thanos is right thanos is right uh yeah, to an extent but dude is i mean do you really think we need to eradicate half of humanity <laughs> so this is this is one of the reasons why i loved this movie is because man they made you feel like everything that Thanos was feeling, like they yeah. almost convince you that genocide is okay. Okay, <laughs> um, and it's tempting to to just say, you know what? Maybe it's not the worst thing. In the, well, world. the way you know he's explaining things that, like you know, well, it saved his planet. To, but did it? Well, not really, because well, it's that, a that, smoldering that, ash at the end. Well, but. you know, he had that idea and he proposed that idea to them, and they shot him down and. You know, his planet ended up dying, and that was his point. Like, sure, you know, if I had done this, oh, true, okay, that's what I meant. If I had done this, seemed you know, like it would have been a good option for them. Um, and like, I don't know, like you just th- this movie really makes you feel what Thanos, and I loved that they they decided to really. Center this movie around Thanos and like basically his story. Yeah, like you have backstory on Thanos of him, you know, taking Gamora as a child and like showing you his process of like basically um, becoming to uh, to love um, Gamora as a child. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I I just really really liked his character i i hated him too just because of what he did but that's a good villain a good villain really really makes you feel which is good because so back in the 90s when i was really into comic books i did read um the infinity war was a series but that's not exactly what this movie is based on this movie is based on two different series and one that's most heavily based on is the infinity gauntlet and so last night i found it online i started reading it 
And there are a lot of similarities in the beginning. I've got through, what, maybe three books. There's only six, but... Um, uh, there's little nitpicky things that 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 are sort of similar, but not really. But like Silver Surfer shows up and instead of Hulk in Doctor Strange's apartment hmm. or house or whatever that thing is, uh, bursting through the roof, it's Silver Surfer. But I mean, Marvel Studios doesn't have rights to him right now, so I get that they're not going to use Silver Surfer. Um, but anyway, what was really interesting is that Thanos, they like they totally skip over how he got all of the stones he just has the stones okay and he is trying that's what they they call him infinity gems in this so he's like trying to the thing he's trying to do is impress death who is a woman interesting and he's trying to make her fall in love with him by showing her that he has all the power that's weird it's weird um and he's kind of like a <laughs> lovesick puppy so i'm glad that they treated thanos a little bit better in this movie like he's yeah, that would have been weird. <laughs> it would have been really weird. They build up all this time and he's like, No, death will love me. <laughs> There's enough love stories going on. We don't need another Jane Foster. <laughs> we do not have uh any more need for any of that. <laughs> I mean Pepper is fine. That's fine. Pepper's fine. Pepper's a Pepper's cool. Which by the way, Pepper has powers now. Why is does she not? Does she still have powers? I don't. Did he take him? Oh, he did take him away from her. I think, right? I think they treated her. Maybe I so. Think. By the way, Pepper's looking a little old. She is looking old. I noted. No, I mean, okay. No offense, Gwyneth, since you're all obviously listening too. Don Cheadle in this movie. He looked. He looked thin. He is so small. He looked so thin. I noticed that too. He was really thin. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. looked very old in this movie too. He's, it's he's like I think they're winding something. him down. You know he over like this whole course he's made like two hundred million dollars. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And I think I I read somewhere <sighs> where by the time everything's done, like all of his movies in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, he would have made like two hundred fifty million dollars. Like, talk about a a score. That's pretty you know, good when it comes to landing the right role. <laughs> um, because you know man, who... he has made bank. Yeah, he has. You know what? Before we before we wrap this up completely, um, I I, I do want to propose that we come back to this maybe after the next Marvel movie, okay. but even yeah. maybe before. Like Ant Man and Wasp comes out in a couple months, um, so we can talk about that. But maybe even before, I've got a couple other topics I'd like to talk about, which is um, a movie that surprised you the most yeah. out of this um, series. And maybe when we come back, we can talk about <laughs> we can talk about um, if our top three has changed at all. Done. Okay. You're you're you'll come back to the I'll come to back the to the studio. Maybe by then I'll have an actual <laughs> area studio. that we were gonna that we can we can record in. But I think this worked out. So um all right. Well before I wrap it up, man, is there anything you wanna plug or anything you wanna nope, I'm good. talk about? You don't have any crazy uh <laughs> uh website you're trying to promote or anything? No, no. Okay. I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Brandon, for coming by the Whatever Survey. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, uh, let us know what you think. Instagram and Twitter is at Whatever Survey. And uh, yeah, that's it. Goodbye from Adam. Peace. <laughs>